Do dee 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 do dee 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 do dee dee do dee. Start trilling those lips and happy patting those thighs. Because this episode, we're letting our stimming freak flags fly, and we can't be the only ones making a ruckus in the hallway. In what will surely need a follow-up episode, this ADHD learning corner, we're laying the groundwork on hyper-slash-hyposensitivities and stimming, aka self-stimulatory behaviors. And no, we don't mean masturbating. You wish. Kristen gets them itchy legs and reveals the PEMDAS of her perfect hug. Grace loses her Potter's Potties privileges and enjoys the process of a burp. And we both ask the important questions, such as, do friends hug? And how's your relationship holding up to the corn song? We'll eventually do a part two that will include a more thorough breakdown of autistic versus ADHD stims, sensory seeking versus sensory avoiding behaviors, and other things we forgot. But until then, drape yourself in velvet and fidget your way through part one of this chaotic stimisode. They said that we'd grow out of it. Well, the joke's on them, that's just our brains. We're eccentric, loud, and stubborn. And most of our clothing is covered in stains. It's not a deficit of attention. There's just too much to think about. So if executive dysfunction becomes a little too much, if you forgot why you came in this room or you're hypersensitive to touch then put on your seamless socks and come join our little flock bitches stimming together we're weirds of a feather weirds of a feather Ah! how is my sound your sound is good. How is my sound? Let's find out. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. All right. All right. Is that it? Are we ready to go? Yeah. Blast off. Blast off. All right. Okay. Got a warm up question. I think I've already used this before. Question before your warm up question. Pre warm up question. Question. Yeah. Should we introduce the podcast before we do a warm up question? Probably. Yeah. Although- I mean. We say our we say our name a bunch, in and the then intro. it's like twenty minutes in, and so you're like, "Oh, this welcome is, to Weird Stuff." I kind I kind of like it, but yeah, could, I think it's we... funny. But now that I brought it up, I feel like let's just get it out of the way now. Yeah. All right. Okay. Welcome to Weirds of a Feather, an ADHD adjacent podcast. I'm your host Grace, and I'm your host Kristen. And look at us. We introduced the podcast properly, yep. and we're That's, very good at it. We're really good at following the rules and being proper you know us yep all right now i'm ready for your warm-up question we're by the book <laughs> yeah 100 yep. never never stray. that's us they say oh grace and kristen they're by the book to oh the they tea. are sticklers for the rules yep <laughs> watch out for those kids <laughs> they're so yeah their podcast is so highly scripted it's yep. insane yep that's us it's like reading yeah. so scripted yeah exactly <laughs> uh i get a warm-up question okay lay it on me i think i've already said this one before but I want to revisit the topic. Oh, God. Okay. And I think it relates to what we're talking about today. Are you a scratchy towel or a soft, fluffy towel fan? Scratchy towel. 100%. See, what? If it's too fluffy, yeah. I feel like it's not doing the job properly. You're just not drying it, properly. No, it feels like it's not absorbent enough. I like a fluffy towel, but I need it to have some scratch to it. It's the same as like a soft toilet paper. If it's too soft, I don't want it. What? 
Yeah. What? I feel like it doesn't get the job done. Well, I think with toilet paper, when you get too fluffy, it just kind of fall like you just it's just like yeah, little bits. But I think like the Charmin Ultra and the the Ultra Soft ones are great. No, I hate it. I want a firm feeling, you know. So I, I only do one ply. You've heard it here. Well, that's one my, ply. My parents do one ply, um, and it seems like at the store nowadays, it's either one ply prison toilet paper or it's like wiping with a cloud. Right. And both are bad, but I'd rather have the prison toilet paper, honestly, because at least I feel like I'm going somewhere. <laughs> I used to be a one-ply family household. You know my parents. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Very practical. Yep. But Christopher has a big, he's a he's a big on the fluffy toilet paper. So we buy the fluffy toilet paper now. No. And now I can't, it's not that I can't look back because I do. Is that you won't? Is that I, I would prefer not to. <laughs> I, the fluffy toilet paper is nice. Just like fluffy towels. Ah. he's a fluffy toilet paper but scratchy towel man interesting yeah i don't get it i say be consistent you know yeah. if you have one stance you stand by that and i stand by my dislike of toilet paper and towels that are too fluffy i'm fluffy all the way you are fluffy all the way yeah even like my sheets i bought this pair of sheets they're too scratchy now one because they're cheap they're like mm. The thread count is not good. So I hate a scratchy sheet. Yeah. I want a soft sheet. See, you're not even consistent. Well, sheets are different. I'm not trying to remove something from my body. I'm trying to relax and be cozy in it. Right. If I were to lay in a bed of toilet paper, I would want it to be the soft kind, <laughs> not the scratchy kind, you know? And if I were to try to dry myself off with a sheet, I'd want it to be scratchier. No. Get the job done. No. A silky sheet. What's that going to do? You're well, rubbing it around your body. Different. It's not even, silk isn't even soft. I don't like silks or the satin or the silk sheets. They're not even soft. All right. I have a question. This makes me think. Yeah. So recently, yeah. our Australian friend Russ in the Facebook group. Russ, yeah. If, for those of you who aren't in the Facebook group, A, you should join because there's a lot of really great quirky combos going on in there right uh thank thank you to all our listeners by the way that are participating in our facebook group you guys are an awesome community yeah we appreciate it and so we've been doing a poll in there of what characters you and i are from different television shows it started by compare someone compared us to uh jake jake, jake and charles right from, from brooklyn 99 yes which i am jake you are charles <laughs> sorry but Enya brought That's up, fine. Enya brought up the good point that we are, are actually more similar to Amy and uh, Rosa. Rosa. But recently, Russ posted in the Facebook group <laughs> throwing out Kramer and George Costanza, <laughs> which, like, we're both insulted. By the way, Russ, we're both insulted. I think, no, I, I love it. It's so chaotic. <laughs> I don't know who's who, though, because I can see... Well, I was going to say, George has a grand appreciation for for cashmere or no for velvet he has a grand appreciation for velvet if he could drape himself in velvet he would if it were socially acceptable <laughs> is what he says I, about velvet i think it doesn't have to be socially acceptable to drape yourself in velvet i agree also nothing what George side does of velvet are you acceptable. talking about just, That's my other question because just a velvet there's a soft velvet but then the backing is always that scratchy back he likes a soft velvet. Okay, so the velvet would be touching his skin. Yes. It would not be for the for the onlookers. It would be for no, it's him. it's for the feeling, yeah, the sensory So like a feeling. velvet. Why doesn't he just get a coat with the velvet lining? 
They do that all the time. That's a good question. But he just wants to be draped in velvet. Okay. And so, I mean, I don't think either one of us is really a George. We have a few George-like neurotic elements, I would say. But the love of very, very soft things might go in your box of a George Stanton. Check me out for George. Yep. You're a George through and through. Right. I've always said that. <laughs> no, if anything, I think we're more like Kramer and Elaine, you know? Yeah. You would be Elaine? Yeah. And I, I am I would Kramer. like to think so. Kramer likes to find things too. He likes to find Cuban cigars. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not You are more a Kramer, I would say. You're, you're more a Kramer than a George. And I think that I have Elaine's uh well, you also have some Elaine in you. Elaine is not She's afraid so to yell at anyone in public, and I love that about her. She yeah. is feisty. A she hero. doesn't give a shit. I wish I could yell at people more. <laughs> you could. You just I gotta could. channel it. I just gotta channel it. Yeah. Yeah, sorry I ended us up on Seinfeld. If you know which Seinfeld characters we are, write us in. Write us in at weirdsofeather at gmail.com. Or go in the Facebook group, yeah. Weirds of a Feather, and add something to the poll or it's give a us a vote. Big long poll. You can't miss it. Yep, it's going, going, and going. And I love it. It's fun. Okay. Uh, yeah. Great warm up question, Kristen. Yeah, we've got a show for you today. We've got a great episode. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I said it like that. It just felt. It felt right. And it was. Uh, we're going to talk about stims and sensitivities. We're both very sensitive. And so now this we're going to talk sensitive about episode. It. Oh, we should have done like an ASMR episode where we talked in whispers and had like uh, sensory music behind us. I don't and think people would like that. No. And they I probably wouldn't I would be able like to. That. Yeah. I hate the ASMR it's the whisper that bothers me. It's the mouth sounds. There's so many yeah. mouth sounds when you're doing as ASMR. And they also do, it's always these femme presenting people who have these like long, long nails and they yeah. just like tack the nail. And I'm like, that's a big trigger for me. I don't like don't it. Like I don't like the sound of nails. Mm. I just don't like nails. I don't think we need them. <laughs> Here's a poll. Do we actually need nails as the human race? Haven't no. we already talked about this like no. a long time ago on the podcast? Where you we talked about biting nubbin. nails. We talked about nubbins. Nubbins, yes. <laughs> we talked about nubbins versus nails for sure. And yeah. a lot of people were nubs. Team nubs. I, I remember a lot We've of people new being anti-team nubs. We, yeah, but on the poll, a lot of people mm. were team nubs. And we've had new listeners since then. My question is, as a human species, there is no purpose to nails. Yes, there is. And once again, I will stand by my stance. Scratching. You can scratch with nubs. I no, do it you all the can't. Time. You can't. So inefficient. I don't like it. Well, stop being so itchy. <laughs> I can't and I won't. And I refuse. All right. Let's get into our little anyway, accomplishments. Yeah, we got we're a long about, ass yeah, episode. Oh, man. We do. We have a very long episode. What are we doing? Should we get into our little accomplishments? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Little accomplishments, but big in our hearts. All right, hey. Kristen, why don't you tell me your little accomplishment for this week? I, it hasn't come in the mail yet, but I bought a new laptop. Finally. God. Woo! How old is your current laptop? This is a, this is a 2014 MacBook Air. My nephews are younger than my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I know. If you, if your laptop was a child, yeah. you would be in like third or fourth grade by yeah. now. Yeah. That's crazy. Look Learning. at you. You've raised that boy into a man. Yeah. It's, uh, so what prompted me to do this is yesterday while I was like, let me sit down and you know, right out the episode, it just didn't turn on for like two hours. And I was like, well, it's done this a couple of times before. And I had to get Christopher because he's like, pet quiz. And, and then I got berated by not only how messy my, my desktop is, it's just, it's, 
I'm like embarrassed, but I don't, it's just like random documents everywhere. And then, uh, I haven't done any updates. What? So he's like, what updates have you done to it? I was like, uh, you're looking at it. (laughs) The 2014 update, obviously. (laughs) Right. And he's like, okay. And, and you haven't done any other things to it. I go, no, she's in pristine condition. But really, how is that thing still running? I don't know. Because you're not great at like maintaining. No. Obviously your stuff. No, I break phones all the time. Yeah. I broke my MacBook so long ago where I went to close it and it was like on the edge of a table and it just flipped right off and landed screen down. Yeah. No, this thing's, uh, she's going strong. But yeah, she does like to randomly shut off for like hours at a time. And then also my cord is held together with medical tape and it doesn't really hold a charge well. And I can't run certain, like Zoom is a really hard program to run on it because it just takes so much. I would say at this point in your life, it's definitely more than time for you to get a new laptop. Yeah, I'm also doing the switch from mac to pc that's a big one so now i have to relearn how to do that but it's a whole new world yeah christopher said he'd help me out because i'm gonna need it yeah i had to go through all my files and email them to myself as like a pdf form because they're all in like doc files you know the mac like dot zip or whatever yeah, but yeah. can't those just transfer over? They can, but if I'm going to a PC, I have to go, I have to transfer mm. them to a PDF. Oh my God. Right? So, you know what? I don't know many computer things, but I know that the PCs, don't, they don't like the zips. Oh, I don't know. I have a PC and I don't know much about it. Yeah. So. I know it's a hardware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I have to, I had to send all my files to myself as a PDF. And then I had to make sure I had a big like Excel, but it was like the Mac Excel version of all my passwords and stuff. Mm. So I had to change that to a PDF and email that to myself and do all this stuff and then find a computer online, which I thought I found one. And then I was told, no, you need this one. And that's the one I went with. It's black. It's got buttons. Oh, good. You, you're going to need those buttons. I'm going to need What did I say? I go, well, because right now this computer cannot do Microsoft Teams. And every time I have a meeting with Jean, my financial advisor, I need to go on Microsoft Teams because that's how we do business. And so I'm like, oh, do you think? you think the new computer will have will be able to do Microsoft Teams and Christopher like the biggest eye roll he goes you know it just might even have Google (laughs) I'm like I'm (laughs) so I'm guessing that was a dumb question yeah apparently (laughs) yeah (laughs) but so yeah so I've been putting it off putting it off and I finally I bit the bullet yep that's you got that one right right okay actually that makes me think that you do kind of tend to mix up expressions a lot. And my friend Tori just sent me, because she does that too. And apparently there's a name for it. I'll have to look up okay. Because there's a name for doing that exact thing of mixing, of pounding sand. And pounding whatever. sand. Mixing up your <laughs> expressions. I still like pounding sand. I love pounding sand. Uh, well, congratulations. Yeah. That's a big step. I'm proud Thank of you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, what was your little accomplishment? Okay. Well, I was going to do that 
Ian and I painted my new office, mm-hmm. but I kind of want to switch it to I did organize my desktop on my laptop. Whoa! Randomly last night. This is actually going to be a technology-based episode. Yes, you so know us. We we're going to talk about PCs and Macs. The cloud. Uh, yeah, clouding. Yep. And <laughs> that, that verb. And typing, typing. <laughs> There's something action. called rendering Ooh. that Christopher was trying. He's like, you can even render on that computer, and I was like, great. <laughs> oh, good. I've been oh, wanting good. To I've do been some rendering. I've been like, oh man, if there's only some way I could render, if only I could render. <laughs> Uh, but really, I did re I organized my desktop side to have just a bunch of random icons spread out. I hate that of- so much. I, I hate, hate it too. But I wouldn't the organize miscellaneous it. documents, yes. and then when you put them away, you're like, "Where can I put them?" Because I usually put them in a folder, in a folder, in a folder. Yeah. And then I'm like, "This is so ridiculous. I'm just gonna put it on the desktop." Hence, yeah. my desktop is just like insane. All right, so I just made three folders. Yeah. I have a WOF folder, nice. a personal folder, nice. and an ADHD for smart-ass women folder. Nice. And then, so that takes care of all the miscellaneous stuff that's right. like my personal stuff. I'll just put in personal, you know? Yeah. And so at least it's cleaned up in folders. In your personal folder, how yes. many folders do you have in the personal folder? A bunch, but I'll go looking for stuff, you know? I'll find okay. it because usually leaving stuff out helps me because i can see it right there but that's none of that stuff i need to be out it's just there taking up space and i do the thing where every time i look at it i'm like ah this is so cluttered i wish this wasn't like this oh well yeah. <laughs> guess i'll just I, be mad there's only some way i could fix this but there's not yeah, so shouldn't so even try should deal with it yep yep so last night for some reason i was suddenly overcome after like literally years of never doing that ever i was like i should organize this and I i'm did. so proud of you thank you this, that's such like a personal difficulty for me that i'm i'm very proud of you thank you and if, yeah if i ever try to schedule time to do that yeah. because i have it, the time comes i'm like i don't want to do that yep it has to be a moment of inspiration no, yep every you seven just have years to, like have the right the the moon and the stars have to be aligned yeah and a line they did i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping with my new computer i can be a little bit more organized but i know that's just like a fool's hope <laughs> <laughs> a fool's dream yeah a whisper into the wind i think if you start from the beginning yeah. you'll have the best shot at it of just you know give yourself very yeah large vague folders to put yeah. things in personal where- i'll probably do personal work wolf wolf yeah probably like PA slash professional put like my my CV in there yeah I think it's the thing where if we have very specific places to put things we will do it hopefully I mean mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll still fall off the wagon but you never know you never know okay that was my little accomplishment Woo! let's get into ADHD learning corner because right. we got a long one we got a long one and I'm I'm excited to talk about it yeah strap yeah, in and it's gonna strap be great. on and get ready we are talking about stims and sen- I'm going to, I put hypersensitivities, but it's just sensitivities. Okay. Because you can't have hyper, we're going to talk about it in a second. All right. Let's talk about it. Stims and sensitivities. That's what we're talking about today. Do you have them? Probably. <laughs> you probably do because we're going to talk about a lot of them. But yep. I want to just, I want to just take a little moment. With our ADHD learning corners, we've been trying, at least I have, I know, Grace, you go on a lot of websites and uh, like Attitude Magazine and like legit, legit sources. I've been trying to do a lot of peer-reviewed research, Mm. which has been a little difficult because a lot of things are like based on, there's a lot of bias in research, wouldn't you know, and in the whole medical field. But there's a lot of bias and 
you know, usually a lot of studies are done on like white men or it with ADHD. A lot of studies are done on like children, white boys, white boys, basically. Yeah. And so it's a really difficult to get this like all encompassing list or like a nice like peer reviewed study on mm. things that we've been talking about that's up to date. I found a lot of research that like, you know, we now know to be false, which is like part of the research. This is why we have research because you have to, you know, go through the process and and have your peers do your research for you or, or peer review it and repeat the results and that's the whole process. But it's been a little difficult because there is a lot of bias. And I just want to make that known that like we're, at least for me, I'm not going to have 18 articles of reference for you that are all like peer reviewed, beautiful studies, just because we just don't know that much about it. It's also hard to do research in like behavioral medicine and psychology and psychiatry because it's hard to measure subjective findings. Mm. And what I mean by that is like, how how do you put a number on feels, mm. you know? And, and so that's, that's, I know a lot of people are trying to do that and they're coming up with different ways and exploring. And I did find some good articles, but it is really difficult to do. How do you measure and quantify something that's just like unquantifiable? Mm. Yeah, especially when there is a lot of like, you know, ignorance and ableism, even within like the psychiatry field. Oh, for sure. Uh, where, yeah, I, I kind of do the thing where once I started learning about ADHD and autism, like for real and realizing like how incorrect a lot of stuff is in psychiatry when it comes to those things, like even, you know, the DSM leaving out right. like very key elements right. of ADHD. So I kind of do the ADHD thing of like, once I find out that like, maybe, you know, some of this is false. I'm like, oh, reject all of it. You know, all of this is bad. Right. Like, no, that's not good either. Some exactly. of it is good. But like you said, it's part of reading the research and kind of deciding what you think about it or believe about it. A really important part of that is, yeah, deciphering, you know, really analyzing what you're reading and really looking at other sources to confirm and then like listening to ADHD and autistic people speak speak about right. their own experiences right. too, you know. Exactly. So I yeah, I don't think it's right to just lean on one or the other too heavily, essentially. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I did find some articles and I just wanted to say that I did find it it's from 2011, so it's not very new, but it is boop 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 boop. Where the fuck did I put it? Uh, sensory processing problems in children with ADHD, a systematic review. This was a uh, meta-analysis from, which means they look at a lot of different articles from all over. In 2011, that was published in the from the uh, Korean Neuropsychiatric Association. And I thought, I thought it was like a good, all-encompassing, I thought it was good. I thought they did a good job. So okay. here we go. Let's, let's, let's get a couple things down first, though hypersensitivity we talk about that a lot you're hypersensitive you're over it's an over response to a stimulus which what we're talking about is like smell touch uh visual cues like lights any sort of sensory need hyposensitivity is an under response so this could be like a slow response like you're slow to response so uh something we've talked about before is an auditory processing disorder which is like you're your brain is a little bit slow to respond. It takes a, it takes a minute hmm. to respond to the verbal cue or you just have no response. You just, you just don't have a response to a certain stimuli. 
And then and I wanted to go through a couple of so uh, a lot of people with ADHD have these hyper or hyposensitivities to certain senses. Let's talk about it. first ones up is touch sensitivity. How sensitive are you to touch? I'm very sensitive to it in certain ways. Yep. Where, you know, it's the whole, you know, tags really bother me. My clothes can't be too restrictive. Right. You know, Your very, hard pants. Yeah. My hard pants can't wear hard pants. <laughs> I'm very, you know, I'm very sensitive and bothered by like sensory input in that sense. But then I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'll have to think about it a bit. But yeah, I think I'm pretty hypersensitive to yeah. touch. I think I think I'm a combo. I think it kind of depends on the thing. But I did find a study in the Journal of Research and Development, uh, Developmental Disabilities that measured the fingertip force of adults, adults with ADHD, which was like, this is such a great study because they are actually studying like adults with ADHD. Finally. Finally. Anyway, they measured the fingertip force. So like basically them pressing a button, how forceful they were pressing it and they found that adults with ADHD pressed in this particular study press buttons harder than neurotypicals and I, they're I can relate to that they're thinking that maybe this group of ADHDers it might be that they had a hyposensitivity or a decreased sensitivity to tactile input so they're pressing harder to get that stimulus of like yeah. I've pressed this fucking button hmm. pressing it well ian makes fun of me for smashing on my keyboard he says all the time and i tell him i'm typing with purpose yeah <laughs> you always sound like you're writing a strongly worded email yeah because usually very disappointed <laughs> i'm always very passionate when i'm typing right but i wonder how much of that is my adhd and how much of that is my nonverbal learning disorder because that also has to do with like perception of distance and like how much mm. kind of like pressure or strength to apply so i bet it's a fun combo everybody likes a combo meal <laughs> yep that's me <laughs> there's another thing called tactile defensiveness and this is a hypersensitivity it's an increased response to a tactile stimuli studies have found that females with adhd or femme presenting have a higher incidence of tactile defensiveness than males huh. which is interesting yeah and it's also highly highly associated with anxiety disorder so some ways this can present is maybe like an over response to like a small injury like a cut or a burn or not wanting to brush your hair they found like children with this a lot of times they have like a dirty face they don't want to wash their face because they don't like the like tactile sensation of the water on their face or hmm. something like that Interesting. But yeah uh, highly associated with anxiety which is interesting to me Hmm. Yeah. So do you do you feel that like do you feel like you kind of have a heightened response to like an injury or something like that? I feel like you're kind of hypo sensitive in that sense. Sometimes I feel like I always compare myself to my patients because they are I have a lot of patients who have chronic pain. They have a lot. They have multiple systemic issues going on. And then they're also like usually from rural areas and they're like, yeah, I've got chronic back pain and, you know, my I've got a, you know, necrotic foot that we're just looking at, but I still got to do my farm chores. And I'm just like, oh God, I would be on the floor. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you're doing this. And they're like, I just want to get back to work. And I'm like, oh, my God, take a break. <laughs> I know. Take a day off. I would be crying. I think some things really bother me. Touching. You like you like a hard I like a hard pat for a hug. <laughs> yes. It's a point of contention. You know between what? You and and I'm unwilling to cry. Okay. 
<laughs> this is going to end my relationship for Christopher. We hug differently. He likes like a full, like front to front, arms wrapped, slow embrace, no no talking hug. That's a lot for me. That's too much. No talking. Just like a, uh, I feel your energy because your front is on my front. You yep. know, it's not even a side hug. And I, Kristen, and- yeah, he's your boyfriend of over a year. A side hug is for like your stepdad that you don't want to fully touch fronts with. I'll never say no to a side hug. I'll do a side hug, but I think like with your partner, I mean, it's your, I'm not going to judge you on your hugging style. You know what? Thank you. You're welcome. Because I am judged quite often for my hugging style. I know style. you are. I was also judged as a child growing up for my hugging style. Mo- mine is more, I don't like the social awkwardness of the point in the conversation where it's time to hug. It's do like, you, do we hug? How? Wh- yeah. Do we yeah. do a front hug? Do we do a side hug? Where do your arms go? I don't like the, uh, there's so much up in the air and it's so awkward that I'd rather right. just not. And it's it's only been more awkward with COVID. Like, yeah. is this appropriate to hug? I feel like I asked... Is it appropriate to hug? Can I get away with it without hugging? Because I'd rather not hug. Yeah. But is this a huggable situation? And what what do I do? Anyway. But the hug you prefer is if a nice I if I had my choice in hugs, it would be a brief hug. It can be it can be front to front. That's fine. With a little pat on the back, and then and then we part ways, and that's my perfect hug. <laughs> And and I'm that's my perfect hug. <laughs> ridiculed for this, okay? Ridiculed. We're taking a poll. Do you I like a pat it. on the back with a hug? Yeah. Or are you more of a, like a solid embrace? Are you an embracer or are you a patter? Mm. And like maybe this is so Christopher thinks this all comes from like the Catholic Church, where that whole upbringing of like we don't understand affection, which could be true. But I think this is just my preference. Yeah. And so like we'll have like an emotional moment and I go in and I do my preferred hug, which is a pat on the back. (laughs) And he hates it. He hates it. And he thinks I'm being dismissive of his feelings. And I'm trying to tell him I'm not being dismissive. This is my preferred hug. It's how you show your affection. Exactly. You're not, I can, I can see both sides, but I think now that you've explained it to him, I think he should accept it as your PA. This is actually, I have never explained this so well. Until I've explained it just now. Oh, and so now him, I got to go back and I got to tell him. Get him to listen pre- to this episode. My preferred hug. All right. What if he were to give you a really tight squeeze? Because I know you like a firmer feel. How right? how tight and how long are we squeezing? Well, that would be between the <laughs> two of you to figure out. Because if it's too tight of a squeeze, I get nervous because I can't breathe. And then if it's if it's too long of a squeeze, I get I get what I call like itchy legs where I have to like, I got to be free. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a cage animal. <laughs> well, so if it's like a brief, like solid, like, mm, and then we part, that's that's okay. Okay. But these like... Just sounds like you don't like hugs in general. You'd prefer not to. I like a pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> what about a pat on the back without even the hug? What if he were just to come up behind you and give you some firm pats on the back? So here's my other thing. He does it sarcastically and yes, you're like, I like and that. I, yeah. <laughs> And I get so upset because he does it sarcastically. And I'm like, oh, and he's like, it was supposed to be a joke. And it's I was funny. Like, I was like, I, I genuinely prefer a pat on the back. That is that is what I genuinely prefer. OK, you need to have him listen to this episode then. I know. Just, I'm going to sit him down. Christopher, your way of hogging isn't necessarily right. It's just what you prefer. Right. As is Kristen's. She right. Prefers a and so I've, I, I feel like I've tried to accommodate 
and I've done the solid embrace, but it doesn't feel genuine to me. I just feel like this is what this is what we're supposed to do. This is what humans do. Right. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> this is what's supposed to be happening now. And I'm and, and Time but to I act just, out affection. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes. But then when you do the pat on the back, I'm like, oh, what? This is, you genuinely care. Yeah. It's it's my preferred hug. I I respect it. All right. Sorry to derail us. Yeah, that was quite the derailing, (laughs) but I'm glad we talked about it because I actually feel a lot better. Yeah. Glad you have support here. I I won't judge you for your hugging stuff. All my therapy is here in the pod loft. Well, you and I have always been weird about hugging as friends. I feel like we don't we don't hug. hug our do friends friend. hug? Apparently they do. <laughs> Why? I don't know. See you tomorrow. <laughs> I've always see yeah, I've always been like that with most of my friends, like me and you, me and Haley. Like yeah. Haley and I never hug. We never hug. I don't, I've never hugged any of my unless I'm like doing a like a long goodbye. And yes, then once a long again, goodbye. once again, it's like this is what's supposed to be happening now. We're supposed to be. This is. Like the order of operations, the PEMDAS, yeah, of hugging. <laughs> right. And I feel like it's not genuine, but I'm mm. like, but this is this is what everybody's supposed to do. See, I like a nice hug when I'm saying goodbye to a close friend yeah. for a while, you know, yeah. but not with you because I know you don't like it. Yeah, we just say, I I do like a little wave. Yeah. That's what I do with my patients now that COVID. Because I used to like go in there like I remember being trained as a PA. They're like. You got to shake all your patients' hands. And apparently everybody likes, like all my patients prefer a firm handshake. And I'm like, that's, that's once again, that's my PEMDAS. <laughs> I go in, I go in with a handshake and I got a good handshake, but then COVID hit. And now it's like, mm, I don't want to be touching people yeah. without gloves on. So now I do like a little wave and I'm, I think I'm keeping it. Keep it. Yeah, I like it. That's my wave. All right. My apology for derailing has once again derailed Once us. again. All right. Visual okay. sensitivity. Visual sensitivity. Tell us, Kristen, tell us. So many people with ADHD have photophobia, which is the hypersensitivity. of light. Fear of light. Yes. Is yeah, technically, yes. I'm, I'm scared to death of it. It's terrifying. <laughs> You're derailing the conversation again. And it's going to keep uh, happening. It's keep happening. Okay, so it's it's you're not scared of the light. It's a hypersensitivity. That's what it's called, hypersensitivity to light. And stimulants like Adderall, like Vyvanse, like Ritalin can exacerbate this. That makes so much sense. So, and I didn't know that. I know it could exacerbate our sensitivity to heat. Yeah. But I didn't realize the light one. And yep. now I'm having so many things clicking for me. Right? Because God, right. light bothers me so much. I know it does. You have all the special light bulbs. I have my special light bulbs. Yeah. You, Whatever works for you. purple light bulbs. That's all I got on this one. Okay. I thought I had more, but I don't. All right. Because let's talk about smells. Let's. I feel like my sense of smell is weird. And we just (laughs) talked about this, but like smells that I think I've worked in healthcare for so long that smells that are really bothersome or should be are no longer because they're like an everyday thing. Mm, So you've been like bodily functions, gangrene, stuff like that. It, I mean, I bother, it registers as like, this is unpleasant, but it's not like I'm having a strong reaction to this, mm. right? Other smells, stinky feet, when someone comes into the workplace and they microwave their salmon filet and then eat it in a tiny office with six other people. Anyone specific you want to call out for no, that, Christmas? No, just a just random a- example. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. fucking bothers me. Um <laughs> And I've talked about it before. 
So I feel like I don't want to say that I'm hypersensitive to smells or hypos. I think I'm a mixed breed. I think mm. it depends on the smell for me, Same. to be honest. <laughs> However, they have found in peeps with ADHD, I think this study was done on children, once again, children. Ugh, dumbass uh, uh, The odor threshold is lower in people with ADHD than what they're calling healthy control subjects. Mm. I don't like that word. This was from 2011. We're going to call them. I'm I'm paraphrasing to neurotypical. You can be healthy and still have ADHD. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm. Oh, maybe they're saying like oh, they're healthy. Like they're not in, like they haven't. They're not like. They don't have any damage to their olfactory. Got it. Got it. Got it. I'm just going to call them neurotypicals. Okay. I'm paraphrasing the article. But, and like a lower threshold means that it takes like less of the smell to give you a reaction right, to it. Right? right. So you're possibly more sensitive to smells or you can smell smells better. Mm. Or smell smells when there's less of the smell to smell. Smell, 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 smell. <laughs> However, so even though you can smell the smell when there's less smell to smell, <laughs> yeah, the odor discrimination or identification, so figuring out what that, so if you smell oranges, uh. so let's say I put one orange in the room and you can smell it, but a neurotypical can't. They mm. can only smell it when I put two oranges in the room. However, both of you, no matter how many oranges are in the room, will still recognize the smell as oranges at the same level. Huh. Right? Interesting. Interesting. And then another study said the even though the threshold, the odor threshold was lower, that they found that children with ADHD could not identify the smells regardless of how much smell as well as neurotypical controls. Okay, now that you're saying this, yes, I have this. I am very sensitive to smells. Like I can often smell things that yeah. even Ian can't, even though he's also ADHD, where mm -hmm. I can smell things and he can't. But I have a hard time identifying what they are, even though I'm very sensitive to it. Well, ah. so they're thinking because your olfactory nerve is you know, near your prefrontal cortex. So they're oh. like, is there prefrontal involvement? Maybe. Maybe. Don't know. And they also said stimulants improve the odor sensitivity, but mm. still don't improve any sort of like odor identification. Okay. Uh, thought going off of that. Yeah. You know how they say that often if you are ADHD and autistic and you go on ADHD medication, mm -hmm. many of your autistic traits emerge way more because you're treating the ADHD. And so then you can see much more of those autistic traits that are still there. Interesting. But I wonder if part of that isn't just taking the ADHD traits away and now it's like very obvious what's autism, mm -hmm. but also if the stimulants are making you even more sensitive to, you know, sights and sounds and whatever and tastes, then maybe it's like also amplifying, you know, your autistic and ADHD like sensory needs. Maybe. Just a thought. That is a cool, that is a neat thought. Maybe, maybe someone should do a study about it. Yeah. Not me. Not me. Study someone should start, just not us. Yeah. Call <laughs> <laughs> it a new segment. That's a, a new segment. Yeah. And then the last one I wanted to talk about is the audio sensitivity, which we kind of chatted a little bit about earlier. So uh, audio hypersensitivity, people present like they don't like loud noises. They're often bothered by background noises that other people kind of ignore, refrigerator humming, I don't know, the wind or like a clock ticking. Mm, I hate that one. Um, they're very much bothered by that. And it's it's this constant thing, whereas I'll call it the control group will often kind of just ignore that. 
And part of that has to do with habituation, right? That they can, yes. like, maybe they do hear it, but then they're able, their brain is able to, like, block it out, whereas right, we keep right. hearing and I think, it. Didn't we talk about this on a different episode, how neurotypicals are able to just, like, habituate with, like, pain especially? Yeah. Yeah, we right? have talked about that a bit. They're, they're able to kind of, like, habituate and eventually just ignore entirely certain senses like like the refrigerator like mm. the clock tick stuff like that whereas we get like very stuck on it and right. same with autistic brains they get very stuck on it right 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 and then the hyposensitivity would be you're having trouble defining where the sound is located or oh. having trouble hearing what's called like a point call like if i say grace this is where we get into auditory processing disorder mm. it takes you a little bit to hear and comprehend that there's like a a little delay right yeah i guess if you're like shouting at me from a distance it would take me a minute to figure out like where that yeah. was coming from yeah and then that's how we get into auditory processing disorder we've kind of discussed this before this is a disorder where you hear the sound but the brain has difficulty or is delayed in deciphering the sound so you might do the thing where someone will say something to you and you say what and then like as they're starting to retell you like halfway through you're like then you give them the answer because right. you didn't not hear them your brain just needed time to process what right. you were hearing and you've coped by that having that what be like a placeholder yep. until you're in give your brain a little bit of time yep i do that all the time yep same <laughs> yep. and then so in this meta-analysis also had a little snippet about people with ADHD and ODD, which is oppositional defiant disorder. We haven't really covered that, but no. we should. And I'm, I think there's, you know, a lot of ableist elements to that diagnosis of like, oh, this kid who has these needs is expressing them in a way that's defiant. Right. So, so I won't rant which, about that right now. Yeah, I was going to touch on it a little oh, bit. Ahead. But people with ADHD and ODD have an increased incidence of auditory processing disorder. Huh. There's another article that I read that I don't know where it is, but I'll try and find it that mentioned <laughs> it's kind of like silly to think that like this is like what a finding but like people with oppositional finding uh defiance disorder who have sensory needs once you take care of those sensory needs so once you know if they if they have like itchy clothes you put the itchy clothes if they're having trouble hearing you or the lights are bothering them once you take care of those sensory needs their like behavioral problems go away or like incredibly diminished and you're wow. just like of course what a concept right like thank god you studied that <laughs> i i feel like it's common sense it's like one of those things that are like what a finding and you're like is it or is this just like obvious it's like how humans as a whole right function and operate right right this is but maybe it takes like a peer-reviewed journal to like i don't know anyway <laughs> It just me. I was like upset reading this. I go, yeah, duh. Like, who wouldn't do better if their sensory needs were taken right. care of? Fucking neurotypicals. Fucking neuro. Studying us like we're these like zoo animals instead of just like using common sense of like, oh yeah, I guess that would really bother the me. The lights really bother you, and you have the wrong lights, so the lights are bothering you. They're bothering you. They're bothering you. Of course, you're gonna be like, fuck. Turns out, if we get the lights to stop bothering them, they'll stop being so bothered. <laughs> <laughs> what a day <laughs> well, another great research article yeah. <laughs> Stephen. breakthrough <laughs> by golly i've solved it <laughs> and 
there was a little bit about uh, the cerebella and vestibular sensitivity, but I kind of I wanted to save that for when we talk about like mobility and balance. Oh, okay. Because I just thought it was it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy, but I've talked enough. Okay, you've <laughs> talked enough. All right. So now that you have kind of shared what's going on in the body of you know this hypersensitivity or hyposensitivity. I wanted to talk about stimming, which is kind of like the different behaviors that we engage in that take care of that hypersensitivity or hyposensitivity. All right. What stims are? What are stims? Is stim, stims short for stimulating behavior? I'm going to tell you. Okay. So from a chad.org article yeah. titled, Stimming and Fidgeting Helps Some People with ADHD Pay Attention. Sure. Uh, self-stimulatory behavior often called stimming, Yep, sounds dirty, but uh, is when a child or adult repeats specific movements or sounds as a way to self-soothe or remain engaged in a situation, often referred to as fidget to focus. Wait, I really like that. Right? We do fidget, fidget to, focus. to focus. Yeah. So this article also says that many people assume that only individuals with autism engage in self-stimulatory behaviors. While the behavior is included in the fifth edition of the DSM, yeah. uh, as a trait of autism, it can also be associated with ADHD. And I know there is some discourse out there uh, from the autistic community where they some people don't love that ADHDers use the word stimming. But from what I've oh. learned in grad school, like stimming was always used kind of to talk about, yeah, neurodivergent behaviors. And so stimming is like the correct word if you're autistic and you have a different point of view please let us know because yeah. i'd love to hear your input i'm just going off of like what i've learned but uh, you know i do want to acknowledge that some people in the autistic community they might feel that it like i don't know washes down their version of stimming because there are some differences between adhd and autistic stimming i wonder if you could like categorize them like they're all stims yeah like under the stim umbrella yeah. but they look you need different. to like do like a little categorization of mm. like different stim how they're different like well so one article referred to it as they said think of adhd stims as like sprinting and autistic stims are more like long distance running so adhd stims are more like quick little i guess bursts whereas autistic stimming is more prolonged maybe like time like for the amount of time that they do it throughout their life and also the amount of time they do it like in a session of stimming you know huh so yeah i thought that was a interesting difference oh also it is important to keep in mind that just because a person engages in self-stimulatory behavior i'm just gonna say stimming that sounds like you're masturbating yeah <laughs> self-stimulatory <laughs> behavior uh i'm just gonna go participate in some self-stimulating behavior dirty <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so just because you stim, that does not necessarily mean that you have autism or ADHD. It says, to some extent, we all engage in stimming from time to time. The difference for someone with ADHD is that these behaviors are more severe, occur more often, and may interfere with how we function socially at school or at work. So like, you know, everyone taps their pen sometimes, shakes their legs sometimes. Just like, you know, just with all ADHD traits, even neurotypicals have them to some extent, but you really have to look at the extent of how often they're happening, how much they impact your functioning, I guess. All right, so different types of stims. Ba -ba -ba. Stimming can take on many different forms, and this kind of correlates with the different types of sensory sensitivity you were talking about, Kristen. Yeah. So people can do visual stimming, 
which can oh. look like staring off into space, I guess, is stimming. Every Kristen. damn day. You're stimming, I yeah, guess, when you man, do that. I, am I really? Yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought of that as a stim. Call me a stim pro then, because that's what I do. You're a master. A master. Drawing, like, uh, right. Oh, like a doodle of the day? Yeah. Sometimes yeah, I guess I do doodling. Writing your name over and over. I used to do that in school. I would sign oh. my name over and over and over because I was just bored. And it would kind of keep me, you know, give me something to do. I usually doodle while I wait for phone calls. Oh, doodle while you wait. Yeah, I'll do some doodling. And then spinning things like pens or coins and like watching them spin, I guess. Yeah. I don't do any of that. I don't do a lot of visual stimming. I think because my eyes are weird. So (laughs) I don't. You got them weird eyes. I I got a case of weird eyes. (laughs) But mine is more like verbal, which makes sense because I'm much more verbal than visual. You are so verbal. I'm so so verbal. (laughs) So verbal stims, verbal and auditory stims can look like repeating sounds, excessive giggling, uh, constantly clearing throat, which is one that I do. Always, yeah, I've done it for a long time, and I think my body now like has to do it functionally because I've got all this phlegm. It's like when you wear chapstick for so long. That your lips stop naturally lubricating and then you have to wear chapstick forever, which is also what I have done. Which is also you. Putting on chapstick is a stim. Uh, That's me stimming. You have so many stims. I know. Bert, yeah, I always have Burt's Bees. And it has to be Burt's Bees. Yes, it has to be. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think the clearing my throat thing started as probably a stim. My mom also does it, even though she uh, criticizes she's me She's in it. denial. Yes, she's just projecting. But I think I started doing it and I've been doing it for so long that like I functionally have to keep doing it which sucks i should see like an ent for that uh blurting things out i guess is a verbal stim humming singing or repetitively quoting from a movie or a video i do a lot of that sometimes i have like my internal monologue and i'm so engrossed in it that i can't tell what is in my head and what i said out loud so i'll like be like halfway through a conversation and then like maybe like a fake argument i'm having and i'm trying to like defend myself and I'll, try, I'll just be like at my desk, kind of like staring off into space. And I'll be like, I don't even like wheat bread. <laughs> and everybody's like, were we in a conversation? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sorry. I was just thinking about wheat bread. Then <laughs> <laughs> there's also tactile stimming. So that's kind of more your traditional like fidgeting stimming. So mm. things like rubbing your fingers together, chewing or biting your nails, chewing the inside of cheeks. Haley does that one. She was oh, talking about in her right, episode. Right. She bites the inside of her cheeks. Haley, that's a stim. Twirling your hair, skin oh, picking. Oh, I'm a big hair twirler. Me too. I can't wear my hair down or I'll just be like touching yeah. it over, 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 yeah. over. Um, skin picking is another one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I just want to interject on this tactile one because there's also something called BFRBs. Yeah. Did I get that right? Yeah. I always mix that one up. BFRBs. Body focused repetitive behaviors. Okay. Uh, Tracy does a great episode of this on ADHD for smart ass women. But essentially, BFRBs are a set of disorders categorized by self grooming routines that essentially like go awry, this article says. So these include pulling, picking, biting, or scraping one's hair, skin, or nails. So that's like a trichotillomania we've talked about, yeah. the compulsive hair pulling, dermatillomania. Dermatillomania. Oh, nice one. Yeah. Because I've read about it. Yeah. Skin picking and then the nail biting. And essentially it was because I was like, so what's the difference between like stimming and BFRBs? But from what I've read, it seems like BFRBs are more compulsive like you can't stop doing it even if you're harming yourself like the trick of telomania is that you are pulling your hair to the point where you're like pulling it out oh like when you get a little bald spot yeah back your head yeah and like you want to stop but you can't get yourself to stop 
like my that's fair my cuticle picking and my nail picking i think they go beyond just like a stim because i'll do it even when i don't want to and i like can't stop myself sometimes. yeah and then and then you're i also feel like sometimes when when you like try to stop yourself you're you're like let me like find a different task to distract myself but the whole time in the back of your head you're like don't pick your nails don't pick your nails yes. don't pick your nails like yes. you know something like that yeah yeah where it's, you're like this is all i can think about until i do the thing yes yeah exactly so i think that goes into bfrb territory and then there's also taste and smell stimming. So this is this looks like, which I didn't realize this one either, smelling objects or people, uh, licking objects, putting objects in your mouth. and Like I, a baby? Yeah, kind of like an oral fixation. Interesting. Like Lily loves to chew on plastic things, plastic straws, um. you know, little pieces of plastic. Um, and then eating can also be a form of stimming, both tactile-wise and for the taste. You know, you can be yeah. eating for the texture or for the taste or both. I wonder if... because. I know people with ADHD tend to have more like addictive type behaviors. Mm. I wonder if this can like tie into that. Like oh. especially with smoking, it's so tactile because mm. you're holding the cigarette and then you have right. that oral fixation. It's like the whole ritual of it that you really Right. Enjoy. It's a whole ritual, you know, you have to like go outside your building, but you're you're you know, smelling the cigarette, you're tasting the cigarette, you're breathing it in. And then you also like nicotine doesn't help. But then like just having something because I know Christopher is a former smoker and he he's just heavily orally fixated, just needs to have something in his m mouth all the time. So instead, I bought him the little bubble waters, oh. like the seltzer waters. Because he was like, oh, well, and then he was drinking not like a lot of beer, but he had like a couple beers a night. And I'm like, eh, meh, meh. what about bubble water? And it was like, oh, this is great. And mm. then he just has like a bubble water all the time. And then he's probably also getting the physical tactile input right. of the bubbles. Of too. the bubbles. The He has something in his hand yep. and he's incredibly hydrated. <laughs> Good. Yeah. More hydrated than ever. But I wonder if sometimes the stimming, I feel like maybe smoke something like smoking or, or, or eating can be stimming and that's how we get into things like binge eating disorder and because you're seeking that dopamine yeah. smoking i think is a whole nother level because you have like the nicotine element which is proven time and time again that's incredibly addictive we have like a physical addiction to it and stuff like that but you're right yeah on top of like the nicotine itself being physically addictive yeah we probably do become addicted to the stimming element right. of you know having that habit right. that's a good point kristen good mm -hmm. input and then there's also, we. I know we're going to save this for another episode, but I just want to say it real fast. There are balance-based stims, so that can be like spinning, rocking, and swinging. And those I feel like you see a bit more in autism, but they can also occur in ADHD. I think just like I said, the sprinting versus long distance, it would probably be you know less often for a shorter amount of time. And a lot of these behaviors come out in the form of like fidgeting essentially you know so like the shaking of the leg moving around in the seat playing with items it looks like we're just like restless but it's beyond just like you know wiggling in our seat because we're bored we're also doing that movement because we're looking for this like sensory input the sensory engagement so what causes stims and why do we do them should have done this section first yeah before. probably yeah. <laughs> but here we are but here we are so now <laughs> let me tell you about stims <laughs> So, stims may well be an unconscious life hack to wake up somewhat sleepier ADHD neurological activities, increasing blood flow to areas of the brain associated with higher executive functioning skills and better concentration, 
which are everyday challenges for the ADHD crowd. So I thought that was really interesting. I'll have to find what article that was from, but it was essentially saying that stims are kind of a way for us to stay engaged and present in the moment so our brains don't float off into space. So we're That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So it's like a way to keep us engaged. If I'm just trying to sit there and read without like doing anything with my body or hands, I'm going to get bored and I'm going to start thinking about other things. But if I'm doing this physical movement with my hands while I'm reading, I guess it keeps me kind of in my body. So I thought that was a good way of putting it. And that and that's kind of the big element that makes it a little different from autistic simming. And I'll get to that. So this says a 2017 causal analysis found that hyperactivity, impulsivity, and inattention associated with ADHD influence the uh, repetitive behaviors of stimming in various ways. So with restlessness, that may lead to a decreased ability to control your motor behaviors. So while most folks blurt, hum, or fidget from time to time, people with ADHD have a harder time stopping once we start, which that makes sense to me. Mm. We also have sensory processing differences like we talked about. So if you have ADHD or autism, you're going to most likely will have some hypersensitivity. And that means you can't always discern which sound or sensation of many is important. Like you can't decipher out of these many sounds or sensations, which ones you're supposed to pay attention to. So if you find yourself chewing your pen or singing while working, you may be unconsciously offering yourself the sensory input needed to stay present and grounded in your body during the task. And then we also have the impulsivity, our favorite uh impulsive yeah god i am so impulsive and i don't i didn't realize until recently like just how impulsive i am impulsivity with adhd may make it hard to delay gratification yes god oh my god most hate that i know most people stim because it feels good immediately that makes so much sense and then once yeah instead of like when i finish this page i'll eat a cookie it's like right or i could do this little behavior right now give myself a little burst of dopamine and then it feels good just like constantly inputting more dopamine. Yeah. Little dopamine bites. Instead of waiting for that delayed gratification. Got it. And then once the habit of stimming starts, it reinforces itself. So, you know, over time, you're just going to do it more and more because your brain has learned, oh, this is an easy source of a little pick-me-up. This is a good dopamine pick-me-up. It's like picking up TikTok, you know, where the more you do it, the more your brain's going to, well, let's just get that easiest, immediate source of I've been in such a TikTok spiral recently. You were doing so well. I was doing really well, and then I, I, I crashed hard. The corn song came out and changed it's, it everything. It was the corn. How are you Brought coping you with corn TikTok? Because I am not doing well. It is living in my brain so obsessively that it's like a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a catchy song. I, it's, I'm not even mad about it. You know how when a song's stuck in your head and you're upset about yes. it? I'm like, this is this is my life now. Oh, I like it. I, lo- I love corn. A, a big <laughs> lump of knobs. It's so cute. It's, it's so, so cute. genuine. It is. I just... I can't get it out of my head. Same. And it's and then everybody's like responding to it and reacting to it. <sighs> Sucked anyway. you back in. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So then this article was talking about triggers for ADHD stimming, like what kind mm. of triggers us to do this behavior. So triggers for ADHD stimming involve situations or tasks that task executive functioning skills or worsen challenged impulse control, hyperactivity, and self-regulation. So essentially, whenever we're in a situation where one of those things, where we're having to like kind of control those things a lot, we're immediately going to be like more exhausted and have less energy to kind of stop these behaviors. 
So things that might make our stimming worse are boredom, overwhelm when coping uh, with prioritizing tasks. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Now that I'm reading that, yes. When I'm overwhelmed with like where to even start on this project, yeah, I do a lot of stimming. I just bite all my nails off. Same. My cuticles, I pick them to shit. Yep. Yep. Poor sleep can worsen executive functioning skills. Oh. Yeah. Lack of exercise or mandatory sitting for long periods oh. can obviously oh my uh, gosh. cause a lot of stimming. Every Tuesday we have a OR case prep, which is we go over all the cases for the week. And everybody, like once a month, it's your turn to present all the cases. When I present the cases, one, I hate prepping for it because it's a lot of work, but it's 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 very helpful. And I'm glad that we do it as a as a group. Hmm. When I am not the presenter, I am just like rolling in my seat. I cannot, I can't, it's bright and early in the morning. I'm oh, like, God. let's go. I'm at work. I want to round on patients. I want to do cases. I want to operate. And I have to sit and I have to listen. And I'm just, uh, I like lose my mind. I need a, you need I, a fidget. I need a fidget. When you are impatient, it is so visibly obvious. It's, I can't, it's like, <laughs> You're so bad at hiding it. I can't even like, I'm like yawning and I'm like, don't yawn. That's rude. Don't yawn. I'm supposed to be paying attention. You're probably shaking your leg. I'm like, like you look I'm, like you're ready to sprint out of the room. I literally <laughs> am. And I'm just like, my legs are just going crazy. And then I look at my computer. I'm like, I'm all over the place. And I and I and I know everybody sees me, but I'm just like, I can't, I can't help it. I need I get it. I need to be free. I got itchy legs. That's yeah, what it is. I got the case of the itchy legs. legs. You know what I've realized when I feel that way the most is uh, a prolonged goodbye. When we're like trying to, when people are at the house and then we're trying to like say goodbye, I want us to be like, all right, bye. And now you're gone. You yes. Know? Oh, I don't need it to be my like, fucking we're going to you know, stand around and talk and then we're going to. And then we'll talk try. some more. Like, all right, let's get this hug Could out you of please the way. tell Christopher that? I swear I to God, I'm going to lose my fucking mind over this. And then, and then he gets distracted. Yep. And then he's like, let's talk about something different. And I'm like, no, no. we've already said goodbye. Yes. I'm done goodbying. I want to leave. Yes. When I am ready to leave, I am so ready to leave. Yep. And like, and then it just, there's so much like waiting around in that right. interim period where right. you're like kind of oh, doing the him and han. You're kind of like not really saying anything. You're all just kind of saying these back and forth empty things. I'm like, right. oh, okay. So yeah, in a few weeks, we'll, we'll get we'll together. We'll have to it's reconnect. Like, Let's plan this later. Yes. Let's just get out of here. Send me a goddamn email so I don't check it. Yes. Yes. It's right? just, I just want to be done with it. I'm Goodbye. Done. Yeah. Leave I'll see you home. next time. See you next Tuesday. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Any like engagement party or bridal shower uh, where like you have to say you the proper the PEMDAS yep. of operations, you have to say goodbye to the bride. Yes. And everybody's like, oh, let me just say goodbye to the bride. Let me just go say one you're thing like waiting to the bride. Your turn. I have to wait my turn to say goodbye. That's why. At our friend, uh, this happened. At She's a, engagement. Yeah, at her bridal part, her bridal, bridal shower. Yeah. That's exactly the situation I, I was thinking. Literally, of. was losing my mind because I was like, I just want. But then she, she had like aunts and uncles, and then she doesn't even live in Maine, so they haven't seen her in a while. And then I'm like, Mom, we get a. I don't know what the non-culturally appropriate term for this is. Irish goodbye. That's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, same. Just duck out. Same. And go. See you. And and if you if the listeners, if you don't know what an Irish goodbye is, it's a terrible term. Is it offen is it offensive? I don't know if it's offensive. Irish. Tell us if that's offensive. I don't know if it is offensive. And and but I don't know the other term for it. But it's mm. when you just like duck out of a party and you don't say goodbye. And I think 
in some situations, it's okay. I'd be flattered if I had that named after me, honestly. Yeah. Because I think it's the best way to say goodbye I, I, at a party, at least. I don't want to... I mean... I think it's a great thing, especially if it's a really busy party and it's loud. And you've loud. already chatted with the host. You've already chatted. They know that you came up. They know you showed up. Yep. And if you just like, just duck right out of there. And then you could even text them after and be yeah. like, hey, hey I, I wanted to say goodbye. Great- you were really busy talking to so-and-so. Right. And- As a hostess, I'd be like, oh, thank you for not burdening me with your goodbye. Yes. Because then you, then we were like awkwardly milling about, kind of waiting our turn of trying to jump oh, in my there. God. And then a cousin comes up and we're like, ah, damn and it. you're like. Let me just, my mom's like, no, let me just say goodbye. When did we see Gab last? And I'm like, we'll see her again at the wedding. Yes, because also then when you're ready to leave the party, it's like, all right, I'm ready to get out of here. I don't it's have like these took, minutes to It will like literally take another like half hour to do that. Yeah, no. no. This is Christopher at every social function. He is the worst goodbyer. <sighs> what a Because he can never say goodbye. That is my nightmare. And it's, it's literally the worst. Yeah. I think I need to start telling him like, probably an hour before i'm ready to go strategy that i'm ready to go that's a good strategy because he cannot he's just such a social butterfly okay and then also when we're feeling (laughs) no that was both of us when we're feeling fear stress or excitement those are also triggers for us to stim more so now i wanted to talk a little bit about autism versus adhd versus tourette syndrome okay wow yeah this is just a little bit and then i'm almost done this is i've got to fly through it okay i'm ready all right According to an article titled Vocal Stimming and ADHD, What's the Connection? By <laughs> Karen Sosnowski, PhD. Sosnowski. Sosnowski. That's perfect. She's Russian, maybe. Stimming behavior can look very much like tics. So tics are what you'll see in Tourette syndrome. Elena talked about that a little bit on her episode. Tics are also repetitive movements, but unlike stims, they are involuntary, anticipated, and not particularly pleasurable. So that's like the really important difference. Tics are features of Tourette syndrome and other tic disorders. So uh, while ADHD stimming differs from autism stimming and tics, ADHD, ASD, and Tourette disorder symptoms can overlap. Tourette syndrome is a severe tic disorder that develops at a young age. While tics are repetitive movements that look like stims, the experience of tics is different. ADHD stims are unconscious and can be stopped and started. So while you may do them like impulsively when you're not paying attention, when you do put your mind to it, like you can stop yourself from doing it. They can be soothing or focusing and relief is felt from doing the stim. Mm. So tics, on the other hand, feel uncontrollable. They are unpleasant, and relief is only felt when they're over. Like a burp. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess yeah. kind of like a burp. You can't you can't unburp a burp. Yeah, you're right. It's hap- it, it's common, and it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, especially if you hold it in. Yeah, and you feel better once it's done. Yeah. So I have heard uh, from people with Tourette syndrome that they can, if they're really really focused on it, they can. It depends on the person. Some of some people can control their tics. But it's very, very physically uh, uncomfortable for them. Oh. So if they absolutely have to, it's kind of like masking where they... And some people, I I bet, can't. Like, it's just, like, uncontrollable. Right. But I think some people can suppress sometimes, but it just feels so uncomfortable for them. Yeah. And so it really just feels good when it's finally over. Like a burp. Although, like a burp. Actually, I think a burp feels good during the process. So I'm going to say not like a burp. Have you ever chugged a bubbly water and tried to hold that? burp in no why would i do that well because it's incredibly uncomfortable but once you burp it out you feel great yeah but the burp itself feels good yeah but the pre-burp buildup feels very uncomfortable but i think a tick would be like if the pre-burp and the burp felt bad and then it just feels good when it's over 
Hmm. I like the feeling of a burp <laughs> while it's happening. <laughs> I enjoy the process you of a burp. Enjoy the, pro- the burping process. Yeah. Whereas a tick would be like, all right, now that burp is finally over. That felt bad, but now it's over and I'm glad. Yeah. So I think stimming for me would be more like a belch. I don't like enjoy burping. I do. I like when burping is done. <laughs> <laughs> I like when burping is done. All right. Let me, let me finish this. <laughs> Uh, All right. So then this also says that differences in the brain's dopamine transmitters and receptors may also be a factor in what is different about ADHD stims versus tics. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And tics also usually onset with a precursor feeling. So like generalized or local to one body part. So like we were talking where you can kind of feel a burp coming on. Right. You can like feel these tics like are about to happen in your body. Got it. Got it. Got it. So that's that's the difference between ADHD stimming versus tics. And then the difference between ADHD stimming versus autistic stimming, those also look a little different. Often, ADHD stimming looks similar to the repetitive verbal stims and stereotyped movements performed by people with autism spectrum disorder, ASD. Mm-hmm. Some vocal stims associated with ASD include shrieking, humming, and echoing words or phrases from books or movies, which can look more like echolalia where it's like you hear this phrase said and then you like immediately repeat it afterwards. Got it. ADHD stims are, we do them to like cope with feelings, whereas ASD stims, so autistic stims, do it to communicate feelings, which I thought was an interesting difference. So ADHD stimming is more like trying to cope with that boredom, with that, you know, frustration, overwhelm, whatever it is, where we're trying to like get ourselves regulated Whereas autistic stims, I mean, this is the problem with using research articles because I know that autistic people also, some of the stimming is to help self-regulate. Right. So I'll have to look more into that because I don't think this is the full scope of like how they're different and how they're similar. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But I think like the major, the major way that autistic stimming presents can be to communicate different feelings of excitement or anger or overwhelm or whatever. Okay. Okay. So I think this might be helpful. This article titled ADHD Stimming, Why It Helps and What to Know by Danielle Renee Boone says, Stimming, stims are as varied as the motivations behind them. Factors such as prevalence, intensity, and duration may play a role. Specific movements and body postures, however, delineate ADHD stims from typical autistic stims. Think of it like this. If ADHD stims were runners, they'd be sprinters. And autistic stims, which often last longer, would be your distance athletes. So that's what I was talking about earlier. Got it, got it, got it. So there's definitely overlap between ADHD stims and ASD stims, but autistic stims can manifest in certain distinct behaviors like hand flapping, toe walking, and finger flicking. Lining up objects like boxes or toys instead of playing with them and tracing letters or symbols in the air or even looking at things in uh, your peripheral vision is generally linked to ASD. And actually, when I worked at the preschool as a speech therapist, I had one preschool student who was autistic, and to look at things, he would turn his head and then look at it out of the very corner of his eye. It was like a very distinct way he had of looking at things. It was very interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. And then the last thing I really would just want to say about stimming is that it's really important for us to stim, it's important for ADHD and stim autistic away, people friends. to stim. Yes. It's a way of self-regulating. It's a way of self-soothing. It's a way of giving ourselves dopamine, of staying in the moment, of keeping ourselves engaged. And so it's really important to know that, to advocate for yourself, and to work on kind of letting go of that embarrassment around your stimming, you know? Because 
it's a functional need that we have to keep our bodies happy and healthy. And neurotypicals might judge us for it, but uh, it's something that we just like have to do and it's going to happen. So deal with it. And a lot <laughs> of stims, especially for uh, girls and femme presenting people, we, because we're judged more harshly for fucking everything, a lot of maybe... <laughs> Sorry, I thought... Moving on. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I just... I heard it as we're judged because we we are fucking everything instead of for fucking... I just... I totally misinterpreted that. I was like, Jesus, this turned... <laughs> we're always fucking things. Fucking things. And that's why we're all discriminated against. Stop judging us for fucking things. Yeah. Uh, no, we're like judged very harshly for our sims. And so... A lot of the times we are like masking stims that we don't even realize that we're doing because we've been masking it for so long. Like, you know, an example is maybe you go from whatever, I don't know, whatever your natural stim was as a child, then maybe it turns into like tucking your hair behind your ear or picking at your nails as opposed to like whatever stim you were doing before, like a hand flapping or a spinning or something that's like less socially acceptable, quote unquote. And so you've kind of developed this new, more socially acceptable right. version of stimming. I would say hair twirling in general. Yeah. Some people see that as like flirting. We're not flirting. No, we're not flirting. We're... Don't flatter yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I've heard that it's really important to like when you're by yourself, because you even mask in front of yourself because you it's just so internalized you don't even know what you're masking. So it's really important to kind of like move your body when you're by yourself and try to let go of this idea of like that's weird or you know you shouldn't do that and just see what feels good to your body. So learning what stims we like is really important for us. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Stims are important. They are. And then I have a little bit more about kind of what you can do about stims if they are more harmful because you know there are harmful stims and yep. It would be helpful to you to kind of find replacement stims that will still give you that feeling but not be causing harm. But I'll save that for maybe a bagel bite or something because they do have some good advice also about doing things like behavioral therapy, like habit reversal training, uh, lifestyle changes. But this article did do a good job of saying like self-advocacy is a way, is something that they suggest for people mm. of proactively informing your bosses or your coworkers, classmates that your brain uses vocal stims or physical stims or whatever to focus and it doesn't mean that you're not listening and you can ask people whether they find it distracting and would lowering your volume or putting your hands beneath the table be a fair accommodation because it can be distracting to other people i'm not saying just like you know be tapping your pen all the time in a meeting i'm sure people fucking hate that but kind of finding that compromise of i still need to stim what's something i can do in this moment that won't mm. be super disruptive for other people interesting yeah Nice. All right. Uh, Grace. Preston. Do you have any stims you want to talk about? No, I'm pretty perfect. I don't really think I stim. <laughs> uh, actually, <Fuck> off. <laughs> I stim so much. You I, are always stimming. Yes. You're stimming while you're talking yes, right now. Literally. Uh, yeah, I do a lot of fidgeting, a lot of nail picking, a lot of cuticle picking. I think mine is to the point where it is a BFRB because I like can't stop myself right. from picking at my nails and cuticles. I flick my nails sometimes. Your nail flicker. Yeah. And I can't, that's, that's one that I just, I don't realize I'm doing it. And then Ian will have me stop. And I'm like, okay, sorry, sorry. And then like 30 seconds later, I'm doing it again. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah. The hair twirling, combing my hair, like hand through my hair over yep, and over. Yep. And then, you know, repeating phrases or quotes and making up songs. Like a phrase or a song will just get lodged in my brain on a loop, like over and over and over. And I have a really hard time 
controlling my impulse to not be like saying it or singing it over and over. Oh, so I usually you just do. not allowed to sing Potter's Potties anymore? Potter's Potties. <laughs> oh yeah. Ian, Ian was like, you have to stop. You have to stop. You were banned from Potter's Potties. <laughs> that is the only song of ours that he's been like, no. Oh, that and Chef Santa. Uh, <laughs> Ian, <laughs> Ian hates Chef Wait, Santa. He hates Chef Santa. Because I would not stop. That's I, I my get favorite. It. Ian. Yeah, I get it. It's annoying. I wouldn't it's stop adorable. doing it. It's adorable. It's a Chris. It's about Christmas magic. <laughs> well, and take a happy it up with him because those I are the will. two. I will. Uh, what about the Cinemagic song? He is the one who sings the Cinemagic song, uh, and I said no more Cinemagic. <laughs> but then he'll start singing it, and then I'll start singing okay, it. Okay, but how are you both doing? So how is he doing with the corn song? Y'all love Cinemagic. Oh, the corn song. Uh, it's me singing it more. He, but when I start, he will join in because okay. I obviously have made him listen to the corn song many, many times. Many, many times. It's great. And he, at this point, he still enjoys it. So if I start singing it, he'll jump in with a big lump of knobs. <laughs> it has the juice. Uh, yeah, but the, it's just, yeah, the way my- we'll, have, we'll post it to the Instagram yes, for- If, if you've about. lived on the rock and you don't understand what the corn song is yes. from TikTok, yes. we'll post it. Yes. But I think it's just the way that like especially words and sounds get stuck in my head because that's kind of how my brain works where I love words and sounds yeah. that it really just really gets lodged in there and I have to let it out. What about you, Kristen? I can't believe he doesn't like Chef Santa. Take it out. Yeah, he does not. I, I'm, he hates it. I'm going to find him. <laughs> to be fair. I was so proud of that song. I sang it for so long. <laughs> for so long. It would just get stuck in there and then I'd Chef be like, I'm Santa. sorry, but I got Chef Santa. Okay. It's a great song. I agree. I, if you've met me, you might have noticed that I have a few stims. Just a few. <laughs> just a few. Uh, one of them, we've talked about it, itchy legs. Yep. Yeah, you got them itchy legs. I'm, just, I'm a runner. I'm a track star. I just have to move. I do a lot of knee bouncing. I'm doing it as we speak. You've always been the biggest leg shaker. I'm just the, I've gotten in trouble for it at school because I was like bouncing other people's tables and just like, <laughs> they're like, you have to stop. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's one of those stims that unfortunately yeah, can become very disruptive. It is quite disruptive. <laughs> yes. Uh, I do a lot of I do I do do like the hair. I used to twist my hair around my finger so tight to because I liked the sensation of losing circulation in my finger. Same. Okay. Where you get like a few thin pieces of hair. No, so no, that no. You I would get a thin. big old chunk uh. and just like twist it, and then maybe that's why I lost a little bit of my hair a while ago. Maybe I also just pulled it out. I like taking just a few strands and tightening it really tight around my finger. It just feels really nice. Yeah, I like having the circulation yeah, cut off. Yeah, I like watching it get cut off and then I like... <laughs> What's and wrong then with I, us? And then I like releasing it and then watching it like the color return. <laughs> That's one of those things that you just do it and then I'm you're glad like, I'm not the only one. I thought you were I gonna know. make. I thought I was gonna get ridiculed. No, for this. it's okay. one of those things that I've always done, but I haven't really thought about it. But now that you're like verbalizing what it's you so like about satisfying. it, I'm like, it's weird that we like. It's that. weird. I'm in vascular surgery now, where we like see people with like no circulation to their limbs anyway, and I'm just like routinely doing this. But yeah, that is strange. You went into the right field. Yeah, yeah. I love watching it. Uh, <laughs> I do. I have. I have a lot of verbal stims. Let me get my let me get some water first so I can accurately. It's like one of my favorites, mm. my bubbles. Yeah, you love the bubbles. Sometimes I just do one big bubble. And then and then I get faster and faster and then I'm like um yeah you do that one I try to lot. do that one alone because it's real odd. <laughs> it is it's, un odd. It's, it's unsettling, I would say. <laughs> 
I don't mind it. It's just um, like, oh, it's, yeah, it's but you've noise. known me. I feel like, like, if I'm like, if you're in, in a dark hospital and you hear the. Yeah, I guess that's concerning. Yeah. Unsettling. Like, what is that? We don't know. Like the Joker's coming yeah. in the hall. <laughs> the bubble Joker. The, bubble joke. the boper. Oh! <laughs> um, another one I do is my, my bird call, which I, now that I'm put on in the spotlight, I don't know if I can do it. I may mean, like. No. Give me a couple times to do it. It's like an excited trill. That's this. It's not. I'm not doing it justice. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a. You do it when you're happy. It's almost like a cat's purr plus a bird call. Yeah, it's like yeah. a trill cat's purr. I'm gonna work on it. Yeah, I like um, it. I think it's sweet. Yeah, no, I can't do it now. Now I it's I gotta be in the moment. Yeah, it's gotta happen um, naturally. It's not. For, I can't force it. Yep. Uh, something I can force and I'm excited to share with you is my 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 lap padding. <laughs> it happens a lot. It's, uh, I just, you just like, uh, pat, pat your lap, but I usually do it when I'm like on the go somewhere that I'm like excited. Like uh, when I'm on my way to the OR, I'm like, <laughs> or to the lunchroom to get my little snackies, <laughs> but I've stopped doing it on my way to the lunchroom because I have to go by both of the surgeons I work with. Uh, I have to go by their office and I realized I was like, they're going to think I'm bonkers they already think they already that. do I don't but i why. try to like reserve it to a minimum like they've scratched yeah. the surface they're like all right she's odd and then but they just don't even know they, they don't have even no know. idea yeah so i try i try to keep it to a minimum just you know to keep the peace mm. yeah so the lap padding is kind of like in moments of excitement you do it where you're yeah. like oh i'm happy i'm like excited about my snackies so i <laughs> i pat it out <laughs> I do my I do some leg smacking as well, but I think mine is more like either to get some energy out or to like get myself to be like focused. Like, yeah. All right. Let's blah, 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 drum like it out. Pat it out. Yeah. Pat okay. it out. And then we can sit down and get going. Let's go. Yeah. So. But yeah, those are my those are my big my big my biggies. Big stims. But I got I got a lot of them. Yeah. I do as well. We're always fidgeting. I'm always around. blurting. I <laughs> yeah. can't like. Sometimes I just go ah. <laughs> <laughs> just just to get it get it out of my body yeah i'll kind of make like toneless sounds throughout the day it's not really singing it's kind of just like not any no song no melody right just kind of shouting right. notes you know what was stuck in your head for a really long time what some other musical stuff oh that was stuck that one comes and goes a lot i have some that like return over time over and over that one gets a repeat customer yes that and chiquita banana from eric andre show oh yeah yeah eric andre he makes so many songs that just like get weaseled that's the thing that's why i love so many weird shows and like weird creators is their stuff because I'm also neurodivergent, it really gets weaseled into my brain. Yeah, and then it never leaves. Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. But yeah, this uh, that was our episode. That was our episode. And sensitivity. And sensitivity. I hope you feel sensitive. Take care of those sensitives. Yeah, needs. take care of your sensitivity needs, please. Mm-hmm. Because turns out, if you take care of your sensitivity needs, you just may be able to focus more. Oh, I was going to say you'll be less of a problem to normal society, but I like your version better. Yes, because it's not about protecting normal society. Yeah. It's about us being able to have our needs met. And that's right. more important. 
right and politeness if you liked our show you should follow like and subscribe on anywhere where you get your podcasts whether that be apple spotify stitcher google podcasts or the other ones if you want to reach out to us you definitely can you can find us on Wiz of Feather at Instagram, Wiz of Feather on TikTok. You can join our Facebook group, uh, Wiz of Feather. There's a lot. There's a lot going on there, so come prepared. Uh, no, don't. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody does. No. But <laughs> there's a lot going on there. You should definitely look into it. There's a lot. Someone posted. Oh my god, I wanted to give a shout out to Lady Gaga the chicken. Yeah, I love her. Our mascot. Our new mascot. She's amazing. She's stunning. An icon. I love Lady Gaga chicken. Yes, I do uh, as well. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go into the Facebook yeah. group and check You'll out find her. the chicken. She's so great. Thank nice you for chi- posting chicken. that. If you want to say more things to us, you can. You can email us at where's the feather at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. You can leave us a review. Five stars only, people. Yep. And, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. Hope you learned a little bit. If you have any uh, quirky stims that you want to share with us, let or us pizza know. pizza secrets. Yeah, or pizza secrets. Or, or anything else. Or just your thoughts yeah. on uh, whatever. On hugs. Your yeah. thoughts on, send us your thoughts on hugs. You know, we're going to take a poll on hugs, but I would love to hear everybody's thoughts on hugs. Yep. Are they necessary? What's your hug preference? I need to know these things. Yeah. So let us know. Yep. All right. And we are going to fade out on our bod. But before then, we will talk to you next week. And thanks for joining us. Yeah. And bye. Bye. All right. Let me let me prepare. Oh, so today's bod has been provided to us by our Australian friend down under, Inya. Inya. She sent us this bod. I'm, I'm so pumped for it. I love this bird. Thank you, Enya, for the submission. I've submission. never heard of it, but I want to look it up, like what it looks like. Yes, please look at what it looks like. It's ridiculous. It's called a tawny frog mouth. They look like they have frog's mouths, so the name is very accurate. Oh. Isn't it silly? Look at this guy. <laughs> look at that guy. He just looks like... A silly guy. He looks like a Muppet. He looks like a Muppet. He looks like Eagle Sam. <laughs> That's a, Doesn't yeah. he? Yes. Like Eagle Sam, who's like... Just mad about something. All right. Are you ready to hear what they sound like? Eagle Sam, who's like, about how about like a smaller Eagle Sam who's like upset that his neighbor, neighbors aren't cutting their grass. It's been like two days. <laughs> Looks like a forest over there. Is this your father? This is my, this is my dad, if you were a bird. <laughs> your dad kind of is an Eagle Sam. He is very much an Eagle Sam. Wow. Now that you've, made yeah. that, now that I've made I, that comparison, I really, that's all I can see. Slash Larry Bird. Slash Larry, Larry Bird. Bird. He does look very much like a Larry Bird. Kristen's oh. dad looks exactly like Larry Bird. Like, like they've he gets aged sto- together, too. Yes. He gets stopped on the street. Yeah. He has a couple times. Hasn't he given people autographs before? Yeah, of, of his <laughs> name, Marty Stanhope. Because he's a piece of shit. The classic dad move. That is such a dad move. I don't know. I th- <laughs> At first, I was like... Oh, he doesn't understand that they're asking for Larry Bird's autograph. No, he knows. He knows. <laughs> he's just like, oh. It's so funny. It's, like, that's so funny. He's. Da- other dads dream of looking exactly like a celebrity, specifically so they can do that exact yeah. dad joke. Dad joke. It's top tier yeah. dad joke. <laughs> it hasn't happened for a while, but it is it is funny. He does look exactly like Larry Bird. Yeah, it's weird. Okay. Uh, Let me play slash this bird sound. Now he, now he, and he acts like Eagle Sam, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. hear this bird sound. <laughs> okay.
That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. That was good. All right, give it a go. Ah, damn it. All right, let me play it again because I don't want to go off of what okay. you did. That's fair. All right. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds. My God, is there a tiny frog mouth in here? <laughs> yeah, I'm over here. It sounds like an owl trying to whisper. Yeah. <laughs> That is the perfect description. It does sound, yeah, it's kind of owlish, but different. But different. And I guess the whisper. whispering owl. A whispering owl. Owl. Uh. Yeah, whispering owl. It's a good one. Do yeah. you have a fun fact about this thing? Ah, fuck. Oh, man. No, I forgot. Hold on. Uh, hold on. The fun fact is that it looks like uh, it's called frog's mouth because it looks like a frog's mouth. Hold on. I'll find you a fact. All right. It's often mistaken for an owl due to its call and well, nocturnal habits and similar coloring. We already made that joke ourselves. That's not a fact. <laughs> That's just a common observation. <laughs> observations. Yeah. So <laughs> this is like at the very end of our fade out. <laughs> We're so good uh, at this. We are expert podcasters. We know what the, we're doing. The closest relatives, they are related to owls, but their closest relatives are... Oil birds, potus, potus, and owlet night jars, which <laughs> night jars and true night jars, and that's gonna be our next bod is the night jar. All right, keep an ear out for the night jar. We're gonna call it night jart. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Night jart. Night jart. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Night chart. <laughs> Night chart.